This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Well, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he put, oh, he's the worst. What's he up the right sideline? Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. I am your host, Ishmael Johnson. We are a show that would like to wish you a very merry flipmas all our Oklahoma fans out there. It's a good day, right? Nothing to worry about at all. As I mentioned, I am your host, the assistant managing editor, Ishmael Johnson. Right next to me is, trying not to choke on water, Mike Craven, our cultural insider. Did you see the Mike Leach press conference this week? No. He was like coughing through the whole thing and he's like made a joke about it. That's how I feel right now. I have like a tickle in my throat that I cannot... I cannot get rid of. So I apologize <laughs> if I start coughing. The person that's going to be responsible for muting his mic if he can't uh, get that under, con- under control is Mallory Hartley, everyone's favorite Mal Pal. Mallory, how are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. let me mute your mic real quick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Put the camera back over because, yeah, he's, he's, he has to roll away five, five feet Man. that way. Anyway, we it's are in the room. I didn't. I don't feel like this was going on until I got in here. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so anyway, we are a show that you can watch every Wednesday here. If you're here, as in YouTube, wherever you're watching it, uh, Facebook, of course, Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna stop trying to list all the platforms that we're on because I never name all of them. So. You never get them right. Either. <laughs> I never like, get you all just, of them. You right. list two of them and then you miss like eight of them, and it's just like, all right, well, very, we're on everything. Very pretty much. millennial. I think we're on Twitch. <laughs> I think we're on. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, that your bird probably, thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, regardless, you could be listening to us audio only on your drive or on your workout or whatever. Please uh, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Remember, we are available Apple, Spotify, all those things. Also, remember we're all we have our Sunday recap shows. We tend to do those early in the early in the day on Sunday to make sure that you guys have some nice recap content for you on Spotify and Apple. So, past couple weeks we have not had many headlines to talk about. It's typically good because it's the middle of the season, so like you kind of just want to get to the games. But we do have some pretty big things to talk about now. Uh, first. Before we get into the big mothership rankings that came out yesterday from the Worldwide Leader, got some AAC news. Bet you didn't expect that. Rice or the AAC announced that they will have two fixed in-state rivalries going forward as the new Texas teams come into the conference. Rice and UTSA and SMU and North Texas will play every season in the the AAC's newly announced model. Thank you. I'm really upset that we're not going to have UTSA North Texas every single year. I was about to say. Because it's become such a great rivalry in the state of Texas. And they really did. I mean, that that stinks. Like, I'm excited to still have the North Texas SMU rivalry every year because it's it's just become a good rivalry. But I, I... I would like to argue that UTSA and North Texas is a better rivalry than much, SMU. Much better it's rivalry. more competitive, I'd like it, to say. Yeah. I think it, it probably is a bigger deal for UTSA because North Texas, as right. you mentioned, has a natural rivalry sure. to still right. have. Like SMU-North Texas, I'd imagine, uh, for a lot of generations, is a much bigger rivalry, obviously, than UTSA since mm-hmm. it's so new. 
but for you know us, you know, I think over the last ten years or so, uh, UTSA North Texas has become one of the best G five rivalries in the state. It happened organically. It's not because right. they're just close to each other. Uh, and so it does feel like the American dropped the ball here. This is why I like the three six model. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get mm-hmm. three permanent opponents instead of one. It's always hard to just pick one. Sure. But if it was three yeah. and all the Texas schools could play each other, like SMU, Rice, and UTSA was North Texas's three and, you know, go around the circle, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would have been a, a better deal to do. Because yeah. they have 14 teams, so they had to figure something out. Right. right. I was about to say, so I should say uh, the rest of the press release says – the schedule format calls for each team to play eight conference games each year. Each team will face the other 13 conference teams at least twice during the four-year cycle, um, once at home and once on the road. So, of course, that doesn't mean that we won't see that game ever, but it does become, you know, every other year, every two years, whatever. Boo! So, yeah, it's not very fun. Um, I don't like it. No, I don't either. It's <sighs> The fact that that could be the conference championship game this year, That's and then we just thing. don't see it for know, another year. right? That's yeah, insane really to me. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, it, we, all, it is on the schedule for 2023. Oh, it is? Okay, so it'll be 2024 when they skip the year. So there's that at least. Um, it also makes those games like more stress-inducing too. Because yeah. like, damn, we got to beat these games. We're not going to see them for another two years. Know, <laughs> we right? got to be able to win this one. So, um, it was just, you know, it was yeah. just picking up steam. Yeah, no, exactly. No, 100%. Yeah. Like, it, start, it really picked up steam, I think, with that the the mason fine uh, utsa drive that kind of like really got the momentum going right. on that and then like ever since that year it's been like yeah. peak basically mm-hmm. for conference usa so yeah unfortunate unfortunate but it is what it is all right so i mentioned the worldwide leader we got to talk about it as much as i don't like to because tcu is too good this year to not talk about it college football playoff tcu was announced as the number four team making up for their stupid rankings last week that had them outside the top, I don't know, on the outside looking in. But we also said if TCU took care of business, things would happen around them, and they would be in, right, if theoretically. Obviously, we still have some things to to work out here as far as the rest of the season goes, but TCU, if the season ended today, you would be in the playoff. Now, I think it's very coincidental, actually not coincidental at all, that they have their biggest game of the season coming up. Yeah. So I wonder how much of this was the committee saying mm-hmm. we better rank this team in the top four right now because there's a possibility that we do drop. not talk about them again yep. after this weekend because yep. they have number 18, Texas, who is the other uh, Texas team ranked in the top 25. Yeah. yeah number four team in the nation, a seven-point underdog I'm just, uh, yeah. this yeah. week at Texas. I was, I'm just not fully convinced that, that TCU deserves a – college football playoff start it, I think they deserve to be four right now yeah I until, don't right until proven now. otherwise I guess that's yeah, a good point I mean, until they lose they deserve to be up mm-hmm. there they're in a power five conference beating good teams I just don't trust them to go undefeated but I sure. mean, yeah it's supposed to just be a screenshot of the world right now mm-hmm. and they yeah, do feel point. like they have the fourth best argument to be in the college football playoff right now just because the other teams have a loss yeah yeah yeah, that's a good point. And I would pick Alabama. I was about to say, you like, know, I'd pick Clemson or ten- right. Tennessee or even right. LSU. Right. Uh, but they're undefeated. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we've, we've said our piece about the playoff before, but with the way it is formatted right now, right, the resume that they give us is kind of how you have to examine it. Mm-hmm. TCU deserves it, right? We've, 
if this was literally any other year and Oklahoma was the unbeaten team in the Big 12 running through, we'd be like, yeah, of course Oklahoma's in, right? We talked about last week. You yeah. put Texas's helmet on TCU, sure. and they're absolutely third or fourth in sure. the Sure. And it did prove, you know, when we said TCU just take care of business and you'll be in the conversation, yep. that ended up happening, right? Tennessee loses, Clemson loses. Look at that. You're in the playoffs. So One of Michigan or Ohio State has to lose when they play each other. You're like, it's right there for you. You just got to win out. Exactly. You got to win out, and we'll talk about that in a bit because – Man, that is not easy at all. But um, I will say it is very – I think this is a very interesting moment for TCU fans because, like, all of a sudden they go from what's a Sonny Dykes team look like to holy crap, (laughs) we're in the the college football playoff. And so I do think whether or not this is a one-week thing and they're out next week if they lose or if they do make the playoff, end up running the table, going unbeaten – this is a pretty cool moment, right? You see your name on there, right? I know Tennessee fans were having that kind of existential crisis <laughs> before they lost. They were like, "We're in? Like this is real?" Like you know, it's kind of messed with your head too. Exactly. Well, that, that's the thing, right? It's like then it becomes like, "Well, now you, there's no choice. You got to start thinking playoff, right? Mm-hmm. You got to start thinking about the season as a whole and like what you could eventually do." Yeah, what? you brought up a, a week or two ago about how would they handle the expectations and if they would start thinking about it too much. I think it's a good thing for TCU that they're an underdog. Sure, 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 so sure. Too. You know, it's like you get to fourth. I would imagine everybody's trying to pump you up. Everybody's telling you congratulations. And then Sonny Dykes gets to go to the locker room and go, nobody believes in us to win this game. Right. You know, we're, we're a bigger underdog. We're seven point. I mean, that's not even close. Mm-hmm. I know. Say, I don't remember who the underdog was in the Tennessee-Georgia game, but we saw kind Tennessee. of how that yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee was, was the underdog. Well, yeah. I guess that kind of defeats my point. But, yeah, I mean, they get ranked number one, and, and they go out and just completely, yeah. you know. It's why we should use Vegas Georgia. to make these rankings and not – Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> let me let, for for some context. Uh, the second rankings a year ago: Georgia, Alabama, fair enough. Oregon, Ohio State, right? Obviously, They're Cincinnati. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. But obviously, Cincinnati, Michigan ended up being those other mm-hmm. two teams. Uh, the first rankings, I believe, had unfortunately Mallory, Michigan State, in them as well. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> but just, it just shows how much things can change, right? Yeah. Obviously, this isn't set in stone, but. Get some little context for your season, right? I don't know. It's always interesting. All right, let's do it. Let's move on to our games of the week. Mallory, let's start off with the big one down in Austin. All right. Craven, I think you're actually going to be at this game. I will. Aren't you? Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and give this game to Craven. Best job in the world. (laughs) TCU taking on Texas this Saturday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ABC Texas favored by seven, the over-under set at 65. Great. It is really ridiculous feeling? that I get paid to do this because um, I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to, like, pay attention to just one team all the time. Right. I'm just, like, general assignment guy that goes around and watches whatever the best storyline is of the week. It's awesome. You can, you can pick where you're going on a Monday. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, let's go, yeah. Let's go to Austin. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. You know, whatever. Free trip to Austin. I'll take it. Um, this one super intrigues me. Yeah. TCU's played mm-hmm. excellent on the road. They, they've probably been as good, if not better, on the road than they've been at home for, for whatever reason. Some of that may be competition level, but still, they've, they've proven the ability to play on the road. Texas has been excellent, especially on offense at home. Uh, this one feels like it's going to get super, super high pointsy. You know, like I know that Texas defense is improved, but you're not going to stop TCU over four quarters. Uh, TCU's offense is, is really good. Their defense is improved like Texas is, but they're not going to stop Quinn Ewers, Bajon Robinson, and that group for four quarters. Here's my deal. TCU is shown to be a super, super strong second-half football team. 
Texas, mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah. TCU, though, struggles in the first half. Texas, super good in the mm-hmm. first half. I'm not at all shocked if this one's 24-10 Texas at halftime. But to me, that does not mean anything. Sure. No. And so we're going to learn if, if TCU can get out to a hot start, and we're going to learn if Texas can close a game. Because the team who plays – the team who plays the better of their opposite half. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Like TCU plays a better first half than Texas plays a second half or vice versa. To me, that's going to dictate who wins this game because they're they're both relatively equally talented. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Who can yeah. play four quarters? Yeah. yeah. I wonder, because typically the Texas collapse in the second half has come on the road, right? Now, I know last year it was against Oklahoma State at home, so like the, it, it's not like they haven't collapsed at home. Typically, right, it's the team that we that we were presuming would win out last week, which is the team that just fumbles on the road, can't handle a hostile environment, things like that. The fan base has been really good this year at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Should be rocking again. Should be rocking again. Game day in town. I was about to say, this should be probably just below Alabama levels because yeah. Alabama brings another level of, of – Going to be cold. Yeah, exactly. They have all this hype too around. I was about like there's. I was about, that's that's around. a good point actually I mean, that we should. There's a lot, whole lot of, of recruits buzz in town. around. Yes, a lot of recruits, whole lot of buzz around this Texas team right now. That is now. a good point that I do want to talk about. Great point. They just flipped Colton Vosick, mm-hmm. who was a Texas legacy from Oklahoma to Texas. You mentioned it. They're going to have a host of recruits in town. Yeah. Is this kind of and, and we've talked about the underlying numbers loving Texas, right? They they're a top ten team according to SP plus. A lot of a lot of, a lot of metrics. Oh, yes, ex- exactly. I think Vegas is obviously starting to lean that way as well. Do we see? And I think we can all agree we have not seen that on field Texas, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen spurts, spurts of them, maybe yes. a, maybe a quarter here, a couple drives there. Obviously against Bama, little flashes of them, but we haven't seen that team really for a whole, even like an entire first half. I wouldn't say we've seen Oklahoma. that team. Sure, that's more of I think that was more about Oklahoma also being that sure. bad at the time. Sure. But uh, but fair point taken. This feels like it's setting up to be a potentially either a home uh, a kind of a homecoming for the new Texas, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying the the phrase that everybody does as a meme now, but this could be like a homecoming for Texas because of the momentum in terms of recruiting, all that stuff, the way the numbers are leaning, or this feels like a homecoming for and a coming out party for a real coming out party for TCU, right? Hostile environment, national audience. You're in the top. You're in the playoff. Here, here comes the marquee win potentially for them. So, my gut feeling tells me to lean with the team that's proven for four quarters all season that they can get it done. However, the idea of them doing it in Austin for four quarters against a team that we know talent-wise, is just probably on on top of the Big 12 talent-wise on paper. Oh, yeah. That's another question for me, and I don't know if I can go that far, that TCU is going to be yeah. able to do The pressure just seems like it's going to be too much. It's a, it's a it's massive – It's a lot ma- of pressure. Who's, who who has – well, I, I'll ask this. On who? I think TCU. TCU. Because Texas oh, – here's I the thing. Te- if te- I think pressure's more on Texas. I don't think, I think, I don't Texas, think Texas has anything to lose. Well, oh, I th- they got everything. I think ooh, if, I disagree. Completely. I think they have things to lose, but here's my thing. I think Texas has everything to lose. I think um, barring a Texas blowout loss – I think every I think the rec- I think the tea leaves still lean recruiting wise all that stuff yeah. you can just be like man there's something there in Austin right A and M's proven though that I mean you can sign a great recruiting class I mean that's that fair that's hundred percent fair hundred percent fair Sark went five and seven last year 
if they lose this game, especially if they lose it in a similar fashion that they've lost other games, it's just going to be a here we go again. This is what Texas is. You're at four yeah, losses already. Point. Sure. Like TCU's playing with house money. Nobody expected this. You know, like Sunday goes on the road, they lose to Texas. They're nine and one. They're still on the inside track to the Big 12 championship. If anything, that takes away some of the pressure and expectations, and they can just go be a That's ten a and point. two football team and play for the Big 12 championship. Texas is ascending. We're getting. We always do this with Texas, right? Where they're yeah. on the doorstep to being back, right? And then they mm-hmm. do something that just like sends them back to the bottom floor. Well, that's this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat Oklahoma, and they struggle against Iowa State, and then they lose to Oklahoma State. They one point against Alabama. They go on the road, Texas Tech, and they blow that lead. Mm-hmm. They finally go on the yep. road and they beat Kansas State. Well, if they come home and lay an egg against TCU, who are they? That's fair. Like, what is this Texas program under Sark if he's 11 and 11 through 22 games and another four loss season with Baylor still on the schedule? You could get to five losses uh, pretty easily. So, I, I, I get what y'all are saying in terms of like, I guess in the moment Tex- right Texas now, Texas doesn't yeah. have as much to play for nationally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in turn, like TCU could win, could go two and two down the stretch, and that fan base is still ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. everybody's still excited about Sunny Dykes. Texas goes two and two down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're seven and five again. Sure, sure. I I, I could see that definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, looking at the on-field matchup, just before we move on, this does feel like a team, a game that's gonna be. Quinn Ewers can't be off in this game Mm-mm. because TCU's secondary is how you can get them, in my opinion. And if both these passing offenses are operating the way I think they can. I think that's the ideal strategy for both teams, right? It's Max Duggan hitting the vertical path. I mean, again, we'll see about the status. Quentin Johnson, too. That's going to be a huge point in this. But I think the Texas secondary and the TCU secondary are gettable compared to their front sevens. I think their front sevens are going to be pretty solid um, against each other's run game, which is obviously the uh, very valuable to them offensively. But um, anyway, that was kind of just a brief look at the on-field matchup for them. Let's move on. Mallory. All right, Ish, I told you this was your game of the week about five minutes ago. <laughs> yes, you assigned me Baylor this taking on Kansas <laughs> State at home this Saturday. Also, it's 6 p.m. You can watch it on FS1. Yeah. Baylor favored by three, the over-under set at 53. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to look far. We just talked about what you have to play for, right? Mm-hmm. There's not much else to say about this game other than Baylor still controls its own destiny, right? Yep. Kansas, TCU, Texas coming up. It starts against Kansas State. If they win this game, everything's still on the table. Everything we talked about with Baylor, oh, what's this team this year? This defense isn't as good. This offense looks a little weird. All of that's erased if they can pull out. If they go 2-1 and one down the stretch with this one, right? But I think this is the one they kind of have to get. Mm-hmm. And so that's – I don't know. To me, this is – it's a huge matchup, but there's not much to talk about in terms of what needs to be done or what this means for Baylor. It's all there. The, mm-hmm. pl- the, the road is still there to Arlington. I think if you're – Baylor, you're excited when you turn on the Texas-Kansas State tape because you mm-hmm. saw Bajon Robinson and that offense run all over the Wildcats, especially in the first half, and yeah. you follow that recipe. That offensive line is becoming the offensive line, the dominant unit we thought it would be going into the year. Sure. It wasn't the first six weeks, mm-hmm. and I am not a smart enough guy to know what's changed over the last three or four weeks, sure. if it's just mentality, if it's schematic or what. Uh, but they've absolutely changed something up front, and they're doing a lot better job not only in, in run in run blocking but in pass protection, which has allowed Blake Shapin to become a mm-hmm. much more efficient quarterback who isn't throwing interceptions that has time to work his wide receivers down the field. 
Uh, as Ish said, Baylor controls their own destiny. I, I think Kansas State does as well for the mm -hmm. most part, right? So uh, kind of an elimination game for the Big 12 title this week. Baylor's at home. They haven't been at home for a little while, I'd imagine. Um, it's going to be, you know, because they were at Tech and then at Oklahoma. Uh, so, you know, now all of a sudden they come back home with something to play for. I, I bet they're rocking there at McLean Stadium. And this one feels like, you know, if Deuce Vaughn has a better game than Richard Reese or Squirrel Williams, I think Deuce Vaughn and Kansas State wins. If, if Baylor's able to run the ball better than Kansas State, I, I think Baylor wins because neither quarterback's going to be asked to do a ton. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. gonna, this is going to be a grown man football game, and we're going to see – kind of who the tougher team is, who the bully of the Big 12 is, because they're, they're a mirror image in a lot of ways. With that being said, is Adrian Martinez playing, do you know? I know he was hurt a couple games ago. I don't know if he, he played, played against Texas. Played. He played. He fi yeah, he okay. finished the game okay. against Texas. So, I, you know, unfortunately for him, like, you know, they blow out Oklahoma State with Skylar Thompson. He comes back, they lose Will to Texas. Howard. Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'll call it uh, Howard. You live in the past. Yeah, I know, right? I, I, every There's like two names for Kansas State's yeah. quarterback. Anyway. One, uh, of, one of them's the OC now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yes, uh, Will Howard beats Oklahoma State, and then they, then he comes back against Texas and kind of turns the ball over and loses the game. So, narrative-wise, I think there may be some, like, who started? It's going to be Adrian Martinez because he's been the quarterback all year. But um, I did find it unfortunate that, like, they were on a bit of a – pretty good role with yeah. Will Howard and then he steps in and then all of a sudden he's like uh, well he's gonna so he's gonna redshirt that Martinez. way he can no Will Howard, Will Howard yeah. okay. okay so that's okay. what they were worried about with that injury of like mm. ah like this good is point. gonna burn his red shirt and like, right. so like yeah. Adrian's back and now he doesn't have to play yeah um, so he can keep that red shirt and be the starter for next year but it was funny the television broadcast for Texas Kansas State was pretty interesting and like Will Howard and Adrian Martinez have become like best friends Interesting. And, like, you know, in today's modern climate of the transfer portal and everybody sure. wants to start and stuff, it's just like a, a unique rare. story that, you know, college athletics is still a lot about mm -hmm. a lot more than just NIL. Yeah. Well, Adrian Martinez, he's got, what, a year left maybe, I think? This is Cause he's This is his final year, I figured. Yeah. So he, yeah. I feel like yeah. he was at Nebraska for a while. And then, yeah. yeah. He's my age. <laughs> yeah. Moving, uh, speaking of quarterbacks your age, Mallory, what's next? <laughs> That was good. That was that was, that was really good. This one's my game of the week. <laughs> North Texas playing UAB this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Guys, you can watch it on Stadium. Oh, man. Let's get it. <laughs> is, it a big <laughs> is it a big game in Conference USA between two teams moving to the American? Stadium, baby. Stadium. <laughs> Hit that stadium button. <laughs> UAB coming in as six-point favorites. The over-under is set at 57 and a half. Well, if they win this game, North Texas win this game, they can punch their ticket to the Conference USA Championship, likely playing UTSA. Well, they are playing UTSA. Um, however, it looks like North Texas is kind of banged up at that running back position, mm. which is it's a little scary because UAB has a really good secondary. Um, but... I don't know. 30-30, 33rd uh, per EPA uh, per pass against um, yes. defensively. So, yeah, yeah. so good. it's – UTSA did okay. UTSA did do okay. Um, but I don't know. It worries me a little bit that they are not that they might not be able to get their running game going a little bit. We might be expecting a little bit more from Asanani, which he has looked a lot better mm -hmm. these past couple games. But it worries me that we may be asking too much of Asanani in this game. And when we ask too much of Austinani, things start to happen, like turnovers and, and mistakes. So I don't know. It worries me a little bit that, that we're, we're a little banged up at running back position. Yeah, this one's a tough one because, you know, like when – how long do you have to play well before you start shedding that skin? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've had we had to do that with Spencer Sanders earlier yes. in the yeah. year. Good right? point. Where it's like, right. you know, your reputation and what we think about you. But then, you know, how long if it's just a game or two? OK, but like now it's getting to like nine games. Right. Of mm-hmm. like Austinani being a really good quarterback, especially when he plays Conference USA competition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched every snap of the UTSA UAB game, so I'm probably a little too close to the trees here. But for me, it feels like UAB's last hurrah was last week against UTSA. Mm. If they yeah. had won that game, they stayed in the conference mix. If they lost that game, they're essentially out of it because I think they have four conference losses now. Mm-hmm. They lose in double overtime after coming back from a 14-point deficit. It feels like UAB is a team that may not have a ton to play for this week. Yep. And maybe that loss against UTSA becomes two losses, whereas North Texas has everything in the world to play for. Mm-hmm. You know, like – like Mallory said, you win out, you're in it. You know, I think Rice still has a path to the Conference USA Championship. They got to win out. Like if Rice wins out, technically they're a two-loss Conference USA team and they would have the tiebreaker over North Texas. Uh, but this feels like the biggest test left for North Texas. And if they pass it, they got one foot in uh, to that Conference Championship door and we're one week closer to uh, the game I think we all want to see. And that's the rematch between North Texas and UTSA in the Conference uh, Championship game. Yeah, I think the thing that leans North Texas is Jacob Zeno looked really good. He's looked really good this season, looked really good against UTSA. But that also plays into the strength of the North Texas defense, which mm-hmm. is that secondary. Yeah. They can absolutely make things difficult for him. If you get North Texas, it has to be more or less on the ground. And I know Dwayne McBride had a pretty good game last week as well for for them on the ground. I just wonder if... I wonder if they try to test that secondary a little bit because of how Jacob Zeno's playing right now. He's playing really well, and I wonder if they maybe try to hit that secondary or if they do. Like, I think that I think Dwayne McBride should have for UAB should have thirty carries in this game, mm-hmm. right? I think absolutely. But I won. I just I don't know. I wonder. That's all I'm saying is I wonder because UTSA they got in kind of a shootout last week. Frank Harris and mm-hmm. Kavorian Barnes kind of pulled the UTSA out of that. I think UNT would like for this to be definitely more of a scrappy affair as opposed to maybe a shootout because, like you mentioned, as much as as well as Austin Oni's played this year, has he played a game where he's had to keep up shot for shot for shot for shot for shot for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Offensively, yes, right? Against UTSA, they you know Frank Harris was obviously there, but in a game where the game plan relies on him so much now, we know he can torch a secondary. We saw it last week against FIU, right? We know he can absolutely torch any secondary. I wonder if he can stay in a track meet with somebody when he's going to mm-hmm. be with the banged-up backfield that they have. Yeah. I don't know. I think this version of him, though, is the version that's going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. If, the, if it, I didn't think – if you would ask me this in September, I said, hell no. There's yeah. no way UNT wins a track meet or whatever with UAB. Why do we think it's got to be a track meet? I'm, not, I'm saying if it gets to that. I'm not saying like, it has to be a track UAB – you know, they scored a decent amount of points against UTSA last week, yeah. but 21 of them came with five minutes left in the fourth quarter sure. and after. Sure. You I'm, so, so I'm like, saying they're I think I'm North Texas defense can keep this thing at like, I mean, because that's 17 points or whatever. Right. Give I'm me Austin Ani s- to score 30. No, I'm saying, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying if UAB wins this game, I think it has to be that type of game. Right. And so that's where, that's my worry. Right. Yeah. I think UNT could win it multiple ways. I think he could potentially win a track meet. I think they want to absolutely control the game more methodically. I think UAB is going to try to make it a certain type of game, and then that's my question. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I have. I think I would 
for some reason, the numbers like UAB in this one, right? Parker's, yeah. mo- Parker's model has... They're six-point favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Parker's model has them 57%. I think it's partially them being a different team at home, obviously, yeah. as well, yeah. compared to the road. Yes. And we're getting to that point of year where, like, a lot of those stats... I, I hate to be this guy. Well, like, that's fine. Go ahead. It's, it's meaningless, right? Sure. Because, like, a lot of what is on that chart for North Texas is, again, SMU and Memphis. Sure, sure. And, like, that's not who UAB is. You sure. You know, and so... Uh, I'd love to see those things over the last month or something like that because we're getting to that stage of the year where it's it's, it's too far away. Right. You know, like we're yeah. we're penalizing certain teams for getting blown out by P5 programs and mm-hmm. stuff at this point. And it's like that's not who they actually are in comparison to who they're playing on the field. Yeah. yeah. And I think UAB was starting a different quarterback as well. Right. Hopkins was right. starting instead of Jacob Zeno. Right. So. And this yeah. isn't – yeah. So That's fair. I mean I, – and, and again, too, we've talked about this before. When you watch a team only a few times, mm-hmm. it depends on when you watch them. True. Like I've seen UAB play UTSA and Rice. Yeah. And they stunk. I was about to say they, those games. Yeah. Like UAB made that furious comeback and made it close last week against UTSA. But for three and a half quarters, UTSA dominated that game. There's sure. no reason UTSA doesn't win that one by double digits if the defense doesn't take its foot off the gas late. So um, I think they were helped a lot by the last five minutes and overtime of that game. It makes them look. Um, like a better program. And then I think gambling wise, we're still in that point where we're just, we don't believe in North Texas. Sure. People still, we're still, we're still in, in that. Texas. We're still in that skepticism, right? Yep. That like eventually they come down to whatever we think they right. actually are. Right. So that's fair. That's fair. They could uh, answer a lot of questions. All right. Before we continue with our wide zone, let's get to a quick word from our sponsors. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loved doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 go vcr now again that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 go vcr now and we are back and i know i mentioned that we're jumping into the wide zone for the rest of the week but got to talk to a guy whose offense hung up 77 last week coach red lashley of smu coach how are you game planning this week to do that just every week <laughs> well, uh, we're we're game planning exactly like we did last week, but uh, you know, unfortunately, none of those points are going to transfer over to Saturday. So, um, but uh, that was definitely a wild one last week. Had you ever been a part of anything like that? I mean, even back to your like your high school days or something like that. I mean, it felt like y'all were playing horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it felt like uh, Tanner and Tune were like. You know, you imagine if old school Jordan and Kobe went at it and they were just both on fire, you know, just back and forth. I mean, I actually have not as a coach. I mean, the closest I know I played in a couple of games that were shootouts in the 50s as a coach. And, but never really as a player my sophomore year of high school in the quarterfinals, we won a game 70 to 64. And we got down 24 to nothing. And then we started firing away. It was 51 35 at half. And 
I threw, I think we threw, I, I think I had eight touchdown passes, 670 yards because we couldn't stop <laughs> them amazing. either, you know? So we like, that's the closest thing I can say I've been to besides that. It was, uh, but never where, you know, you have 12 real possessions and score 11 touchdowns. I've just never been a part of that. You know how basketball players, when they're in the zone, they start saying that the the rim starts looking like eight feet wide. What did your play, <laughs> yeah. What did your play sheet look like? You know, it was it, like uh, was it, just it, just, it didn't matter what was called. Tanner was going to make it right. You know, and, um, it's like old school NBA Jam. I don't know if anybody knows that. Oh yeah, he's yeah, heating up like we were on that from the jump. And um, you know, it's fun. Obviously, offensively, when you get in those those rhythms where you just feel like everything's clicking, and you know the plan's working and then when you call something that doesn't the guys just make it right you know and it's a little different when you're the head coach though and you've also got to stop them <laughs> and so um you know i don't know if i've ever i don't know if i've ever scored 56 points and a half much less gone in a halftime <laughs> you know feeling like the game was very much not you know still in doubt so it was interesting Hey, you mentioned it. You know how hard is it for the defense to play when everybody's scoring that fast? They're always on the field. It, it just feels like yeah. one of those games that once it starts, you just can't stop it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we went right down and scored. They went right down and scored. We went right down and scored, and they did. So at that point, you had a feeling like, it, you know, it was a tough matchup for us. I mean, Tunes phenomenal, and Dell and all those guys. We knew that was going to be tough in general, but um, we were clicking. You could tell they were. You knew it was going to be a shootout think you just kept thinking at some point there's going to be some stops you know and um fortunately for us that didn't happen much and then i think the biggest key was um you know we got two back-to-back turnovers that were critical in the second quarter that helped us create a two touchdown cushion and then both teams went back to just you know nobody break and serve and um that was ended up being the difference you know, before we move on uh, to this week's game, you know, Tyler Levine had a big role in that game for y'all uh, as a running back. What does he offer this offense that, you know, maybe wasn't there, you know, that first half of the season? Yeah. Well, it's been hard. You know, I think our offensive line's played really well this year. And sometimes our running numbers don't say that. But um, we don't give up a lot of negative runs. But the running back position, we just had injury after injury. Uh, it's been hard to get any kind of consistency and any kind of rhythm with a back. And, and really, for the first time these last two weeks, Tyler's given us that, you know, and played really well against Tulsa this week. You know, he, he's given us just this physical, tough edge offensively. Um, you know, what, what's funny is the way we scored and the way we played, I mean, Tanner didn't even throw for 400 yards. Right. You know, he threw he threw 37 passes. We ran it 46 times. And I think Tyler had over 100 of his yards in the second half. And I think, you know, the three turnovers to none and then the fact that, you know, we were able to run the ball for over 250 yards. That really probably was the difference in a game that was pretty back and forth. And, and Tyler's, Tyler's really given us some consistency there. Now, I wanted to ask you about this because we hadn't talked about it uh, since it's happened. But you coached against Sonny Dykes and Gus Malzahn in, in back-to-back weeks, two guys that obviously uh, mean a lot to you in your coaching career. You know, what's the fun part of that? What's the, what's the non-fun part about, you know, facing guys that you're so familiar with and respect so much? Yeah, I mean, the fun part is getting to, to coach them, you know, your team play in big games, you know, against a rivalry game like TCU, who's, you know, now fourth in the country, and no one's really played them any better than that. And uh, and then, you know, UCF as well, who's leading our league. The, the negative is we lost both games. So that's all that really stands out to me. 
Yeah, I mean, what's uh, what's that week like? I mean, do you talk to those guys going into the week, or does it kind of go radio silence more? Than yeah, you typically wouldn't talk to them. I didn't talk. Sonny and I didn't talk. The only reason I talked to Gus is because they had the hurricane that right. week, and our sure, game got sure. moved. Typically, no. You know, I mean, um, but that's just the way it is. I think, you know, like all of us, right, you get a new job and you think you know what it's going to be. And sometimes there's just things that are surprising. And I'm curious, like as a first year head coach, you know, has there been a thing or two that has kind of popped up that maybe you didn't even think about or that caught you off guard or this this takes more of my time than maybe I thought it would? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. If I sat and thought about it, I could give you a better answer. I mean, the, the one thing is it's just constant, you yeah. know, every day and you have a staff of 40 plus people and 120 players. I mean, there's stuff all the time, big and small. Um, but there's not one thing, you know, I think we've got a good staff and our kids have been resilient and there's, you know, we just, we've handled everything that's come our way, whether it be a tough loss or injuries and all in between. And, um, I don't know if there's any one thing that stands out other than, um, you know, it's just constant. And, you know, the good thing for me, you know, when the season starts, you just start focusing on ball. And there's a lot of other things that matter and that you could get distracted with and take your time to. And I've tried to just focus on what matters in this kind of three-month window. And, um, you know, fortunately, I think our team's playing pretty good football right now. After a big win, after an exciting win, one that everybody's talking about, I'm sure all the kids heard about it on campus and everything like that. How do you go about as a coaching staff just turning the page and getting them to to concentrate on a team that in South Florida that's you know that's been struggling? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I think you know on one hand it's great for our program to to play in a game like that. I know you know we'd like to to not give up that many points, but. Um, you know, to get a win and in, in, in the way we did and have your team and your players recognized nationally is great. Um, we're playing good football. We've won three out of our last four games. Um, we've had to rebound from a lot of things, different things this year, and, and find a way to rally each week to come back and play. And our kids have done that every time. So I got confidence in that. But this is different, you know. The funny thing about South Florida is they've got good players. Uh, they've played – I mean, they played Cincinnati to four. They scored over 30 on Tulane. They were tight with Houston for three quarters. They were a field goal away from taking Florida to overtime at Florida. Like, they're, they've been in a lot of close games. They just haven't won any of them. And now they've got a coaching change. So there's just so much un- unknown there. Um, it's a different, you know, feel for us this week. You know, we're feeling good that we've won. But at the same time, you know, none of what we did Saturday transfers over. We can't transfer one offensive point to this week. We started zero. We got to go earn everything. And defensively, we get to clear it, you know, and none of that transfers over. And so how do we rebound? How do we go? Um, you know, we just tried to, to really tell them that we need to finally put our first four quarters of complete football together, offense, defense, special teams this week, because I still don't think we've done that. And so, you know, that's our goal. That's our challenge. And, um, you know, hopefully our guys will respond. I have no doubt they will because they have all year. You know, last question, you kind of mentioned it. South Florida fired their head coach, Jeff Scott, earlier in the week. Uh, I have some familiarity with this just from covering the state. Charlotte fired their coach uh, earlier in the season then played Rice that week and just beat the brakes off of Rice in that week. So I'm curious, like, as a coach, how hard is it to prepare for a team when you're not really sure what's going to stay the same, what's going to change on Saturday? It's, it's really hard. I mean, to your point, I think the coaches that – there's been midseason firings this year. The interim coaches have a winning record <laughs> and they've won a lot the game right after. And, um, you know, it just gives a freshness and a newness to that team, whoever they are. Um, you know, so I have no idea. I mean, for us defensively, uh, it's similar because their OC is Travis Trickett. He's a really good football coach. He's still there. 
you know, in terms of what they're going to do on defense, they let the defensive coordinator go. The head coach is gone. You really don't know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get something different than what you've seen. So it's almost like it's almost the same but harder for the first game of the year because you go into the first game of the year and there's a lot of unknown. you got to be able to adjust. But you have an idea usually because you know who the staff is. Well, in this case, we have no clue. And um, so we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to start fast and play well early and be able to adjust to all the – probably different things we're going to see from a schematic standpoint and the fact that like they literally have nothing to lose so you know they may go for it every single time and run a bunch of trick plays like you just don't know um so there's a lot of unknowns it's it's unusual it's unique and uh, we got to find a way to overcome it it's never good to get fired but if you're a defensive coordinator the week before you play a team that just scored 77 points seems like it <laughs> seems like a decent time uh, you guys to get out of there. <laughs> Coach, coach, we really appreciate the time as always. Uh, you know, safe travels the rest of the week and good preparation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, I think you appreciated that last one. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, thanks again to head coach Rhett last year. Are we sure he got fired? I was about to say. I think he just uh, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, I'm done." <laughs> y'all can say y'all fired me, but I I got some back spasms. I'm y'all see be, that? I'm not going to be around. Yeah, he's like Tanner Mordecai didn't even hit 400 yards, <laughs> and they threw, they scored 77. I ain't doing that. He like calls his agent. He's like, "Hey, is this stuff guaranteed for the rest of the year? Because if so, I'm about to go get myself fired." <laughs> Uh, he's great. Walks in naked. <laughs> exactly. Just, just <laughs> fired. Well, no, that's fired for cause. Oh, that's yeah. True. So no, he can't do that's that. True. <laughs> that voids the contract. So that's there true. you go. Oh, All righty, let's get to <laughs> the wide zone officially. Mallory, get us back on track. <laughs> oh, that's my job here. That is my single <laughs> job here is to, is to get you guys on track. Mom, steer it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. The wide zone. Texas Tech taking on Kansas at home this Saturday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Texas Tech coming in as four-point favorites, and the over/under is set at 65. I'm scared for my Red Raiders. Uh, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. We 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 were talking about man, they're a lot better than we thought they'd be at the beginning. And sure, I think they're a lot better than we thought mm -hmm. they'd be this year. I think that record might not say it though. <laughs> it's yeah, it's scary. I always thought this would be a tough year. I think in the magazine we have five and seven. Sure, you know, they just have a tough tough out of conference schedule stealing that win against texas feels like it readjusted expectations and yeah. that probably wasn't the smartest yeah you know um they've lost four out of their last five this one's in lubbock they played a lot better at home obviously than they have it on the road they're zero and four on the road but all four of those <laughs> road losses been against ranked teams you know yeah. it's north yeah. carolina state okay. oklahoma state when they had spencer sanders kansas, kansas state tcu you know so uh you know you would think you know after playing baylor uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, you know, like this one feels like more of a winnable game. This mm -hmm. is more on our on our level here. I just am super fascinated at what they do at quarterback. Just they've had so many in guys coming in and out with injuries, nagging injuries and mm -hmm. stuff. If I'm Zach Kitley, and I, I again, I know Zach Kitley knows more about football than I will ever pretend to. But you just you just run the ball, man. You just run the ball. The first half yeah, against TCU, they ran the ball 22 mm -hmm. times. They only ran it 11, and they were right there. And then all of a sudden, it just felt like they got too pass-heavy when Tyler Shuck came <coughs> into the game. I know it's not fun. I know it's probably not what Zach Kitley likes to do. But just with your offensive line uh, not being great in pass blocking and then your running backs being pretty good, it feels like one of those games where you just run the ball 50 times and see what happens. Yeah. 
I'll say the same thing because you know damn well Kansas is going to run the ball on your ass. Like they they ran the ball for 351 last week against Oklahoma Jeez. State. And I know Oklahoma State's really banged up, right? They're definitely not they're base they're more they're too deep shattered, right? Uh there was there was a good tweet going around saying like you could tell who's paying attention to the Big 12 for the whole season versus the past 2 weeks based on their reactions to the past scores. Oklahoma State, I get it, but still, 350 on the ground, almost 8 yards of carry. Devin Neal had 220 on the ground. And guess what? That front seven for Tech has been a problem in the run game. If you can game plan around Tyree Wilson, right, which is what TCU did, they uh-huh. basically said, hey, don't run at that guy. And so that ended up working because guess what? He's an NFL caliber talent, and if you run around him, you're not dealing with probably as much NFL talent around him. So if Kansas is going to come out and run the ball right at you and you cannot come into – you cannot – try to basically make up time, right? If Kansas eats up a drive, you can't try to get it back really quickly and yeah. say, no, we got to strike. You probably got to box with them a little bit, right? It's, I know it's, give it's your probably, defense some breaks. I was about to say, mm-hmm. give your defense some breaks. And I know it's anti to what that Kitley's probably done his whole career, but you have a solid running game, man. Yeah. Like you mentioned it last week against TCU, they had a solid running game that they just kind of threw out the window eventually in the second half. So, and tech has been the worst team in Texas turnover margin. Yes. Go yeah. win a turnover battle against a backup exactly. quarterback for Kansas. Force them into some turnovers and, and see if you can come out on the right side of that one because they've they've been battling against turnovers. It feels like every game. Sure, hundred percent. And this is a defense I can get caught. Right, Kansas is not a good defense. So get some confidence going. Yep. All right, let's keep it rolling. Texas A and M playing at Auburn this Saturday at six thirty p.m. You can watch it on SEC Network. Texas A and M not favored. Auburn coming in as two pa- two point favorites. The over under set at forty nine. Y'all want to know? This sucks. Y'all this game is <laughs> not going to be fun. <laughs> Gross. Sucks. <laughs> That's mark, disgusting. Mark that. Mark that. Keep that soundbite for something fun. Um, you know how bad it's going in College Station to be an underdog to this Auburn team? It's, oh, yeah. That is so Cadillac humbling. Williams is the head coach for Auburn. I was about to say, shout out Cadillac Williams. Uh, He'd probably be the third best player on the football field if he stepped on it right now. <laughs> he might be. I do think the flu stuff last week was a legitimate yeah. issue for AM. Yes. You, you know, yes, you, yes. you're a loss with over 30 players. When Connor Wigman was in there playing, the offense looked a lot better. Uh, Evan Stewart's starting to emerge as a true number one guy. Donovan Green's been excellent at tight end. Um, the defense can't get any worse. I don't think Auburn's all Ole Miss, you know. Right. And so I, I think they keep them in the game mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, for me, this is about the Texas A&M offensive line. If they can go on the road and give give Wegman some time and, and give the running game, Devon A-Chain, uh, some space, I think A&M wins this game, wins it pretty easily, honestly. Uh, but yeah. if the A&M can't handle Auburn's front four, front seven, which is probably the strength of Auburn's team, uh, it's going to be a real close, ugly, yeah. you know, battle out, take the under type situation. Yeah. I, I do think we're going to need that soundbite for Mallory's This Sucks Game of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, just to drop this right. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right Whatever the we're... final score is, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to quote it yeah. and just put, this sucks. If but, we uh... were AM radio, that would get played like every five minutes. <laughs> Yes. Literally. <laughs> so Robbie Ashford, their freshman quarterback for Auburn, barely has a 50% completion percentage, right? This is not a quarterback who should be able to take advantage of this AM defense. Regardless of who's still suspended, who's out, right? Hopefully the flu's gotten a lot better. So like you get more of a, a first choice roster on your hands. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think this is more of a 
I think last week definitely said more about the the the, the flu than it did about exactly where that AM team is. I don't think they're very good this year, but I do think they're better than Auburn. I will also say we talked about Texas being the new hotness right now in recruiting. Somebody who needs to kind of at least show that they're uh-huh. something is A and M because they lost kind of uh they lost Anthony Hill. Yep. And they gotta hold on to David Hicks. I'm not saying uh, again, I'm not reporting anything, right? He's still committed for all we know, but as Craven knows, the tea leaves and the currents get flowing, yeah. and one little trickle away from College Station could turn into a little bit more of a river. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm saying. If you ever want to know what the teenagers think about programs, you look at recruiting momentum. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't always equal on-field success. Ask Texas over the last 12 years. Ask A&M this year. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not saying that that means anything. But it definitely tells you perception. Yep. And right now the perception is things are going bad in College Station. Things are going bad in Norman. Texas is joining the SEC. That chip's gone. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's on an even playing field. It's up to A&M to kind of capture some momentum back and be like, you know, it's like the Monty Python thing. I'm not dead yet. You know, right, kind right. Of situation <laughs> yeah. uh, this week. And, and losing to Auburn. All of a sudden, it gets That's, super weird, yeah. right? So you got to win this game because then you're going to have a winnable game next week against UMass. Then anything maybe can happen against LSU, you know. And so, uh, if you're A&M, it's just like put duct tape on the holes and see if you can get this ship to the harbor. Basically, yeah. Question: Is Zach Calzada still on the roster for Auburn? I think he's still on the roster. Yeah, I think he was done. out for the year. Yeah. I want to say. Oh he's, he's man. Yeah, he got hurt, uh, which is why they've been that. starting. Yeah. Ashford, or what, I forgot, his, I just said his name. Um, Robbie Ashford, yeah, the yeah. freshman. So, yeah, it's has been. I mean, there's a reason why Brian Harson got fired. It has not been great <laughs> in Auburn this year. I don't know, so. Zach Calzada could have changed that program. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, also, I will say on <laughs> the Zach Calzada thing, speaking of people who like look a lot better in retrospect, because like everybody yeah. was like, oh, if, Zach, if we didn't have Zach Calzada starting, we would be whatever last year. Right. It's, like, it's a common theme for uh, Jimbo quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. It's like uh, it's like it looks Jason better now that he's gone. If we yeah. had, well, I'm not even saying he was that great at Auburn, but I'm just saying like yeah. people were like they were blaming him for I why know. they were losing last year. Like, like nah, y'all just suck. Well, things <laughs> have just been right. No, exactly. It's like well, y'all things are just have been better bad. If anybody else was there, yeah. so I think Zach Zach Calzada is somebody who uh, definitely looks a little a little bit better in a yeah. light. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but <laughs> I don't think a lot of the problems last year were just ideas, like Jimbo's ex quarterbacks, my ex girlfriends, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, getting better, getting better after they leave, you know. Type, <laughs> Type of deal. We need to tweet that out. That's hilarious. I like that. No. Uh, let's let's move on. on. SMU, you just heard it from Coach Lashley himself yeah. taking on South Florida this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPNU. SMU coming in as 17 and a half point favorites. The over under set at 73. Rasheed Rice is creeping up on the all time leading He's receiving fantastic. yard <laughs> situation at SMU, which. Mm. Pretty pretty good list. I was about to say pretty that's good list. NFL SMU's caliber, some, recent NFL right, caliber yep. talent. Over the last decade, I think Alabama's the only team with more uh, NFL wide receivers with catches in the league over the last decade. So, mm-hmm. kind of a wide receiver UG five situation going on at SMU. Really, the only thing to watch for because they should boat race oh, the South Florida team without a head coach. But as Rhett Lashley just mentioned mm-hmm. to us. That's crazy that interim head coaches have a winning record, yeah. you know, and so that is crazy. Um, 
you know, we saw it with Charlotte against Rice. So there's always that kind of uh, situation looming there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one more win for SMU gets them bowl eligible, and that's a big win for SMU and, and Rhett Lashley in year one. Yep, and especially after a confidence-boosted Tanner Mordecai following last oh, week. Oh, man, they're flying right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the running game re- re- rejuvenated with Tyler Levine. Should be good to go. You know, that's kind of the only thing we're kind of hinting on. Is I didn't that. text Joe Hoyt because, like, I want him to score, like, 50 against South Florida. And then the first question <laughs> in the press conference being like, Coach, offense. Are you disappointed <laughs> that you didn't score? What's, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? Tanner Mordecai, more incompletions than touchdowns. Can you talk about his kinda, regression? Yeah, yeah like, his regression from last like, week. Is there a quarterback controversy <laughs> back at the Hilltop? That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so should be an easy win. Basically, yep. we're just saying the, the interim coach thing is like the only thing yeah. South Florida holds yeah. on to. Keep so. your flashlight close. Yeah. Watch out. Exactly. I think South Florida is so bad that it's just not even going to make a difference. No, like, that they should be bad. Like, pretty yeah. bad. Because the thing is, like, yeah. they surprise them and score 40. Well, fine. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got it. So, anyway. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling. Rice playing at Western Kentucky this Saturday at 1 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Western Kentucky coming in as favorites, 13-point favorites. The over-under is set at 62. This feels important for Rice. This feels, this this feels contract extension-y. Yeah. Yep. Um, if is Rice important. is going to get one. It's going to be this one. It feels like it's going to be this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. North Texas is playing out of its mind right now. Yeah. It's not uh, going to be that game. Maybe if North Texas falters and then they're out of the conference championship race in that mm-hmm. last one, you know, maybe you can steal one there. Uh, maybe UTSA's already clinched a spot and you can steal one there. But, like, right. on paper, mm-hmm. Western Kentucky's not playing that great of football lately. Right. Uh, and Rice, you know, coming off of a last-second win, plenty of confidence. They know what's out there in front of them. They're absolutely going to have more to play for than Western Kentucky. And so I think some of that works in their favor. Again, you know, I, I, we could just copy and paste this every single week. Yeah. yeah. TJ McMahon just can't turn it over the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that defense, Rice defense, not very good. They're the worst scoring defense in the state. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be up to the offense to, to make plays, to be explosive, but to also not give over possessions to Western Kentucky because the defense simply isn't good enough to deal with it. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to this game. Like, the, sure. I'm really, ex- I'm actually kind of excited for this game because I want it to happen so bad. Because I think I tweeted out a stat last week that the last time they made a bowl game, or were eligible for a bowl game was back in 2014 when yeah. they played Hawaii. Yep. So it's been it's been almost a decade. So and it feels like this hope. it feels like this team deserves that. They validation, deserve. They really right? do. They're, they're yeah. clearly Absolutely. a better team yeah. than they have been in recent years. They're so. going in the right direction. This would yeah. just be that validation for that program as a whole, and you know potential recruits they come see in the, sure. in the next future. Or so, yeah. but no. yep, we're turning Mallory into one of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're talking about being excited over a Rice Western Kentucky game. Let's TCU go, Texas, nah, baby, I'm turning <laughs> on Rice in Western Kentucky. Give me some conference USA yeah, that'll football. That'll be your ju- that'll be your game Sunday to recap. For- <laughs> Bet. Let's, Let's go. get it. <laughs> only only if Rice wins. Only Don't if- give it to me if Rice doesn't win. If Western Kentucky wins, I ain't talking about 48 it. Forty eight to seven, go. <laughs> uh, oh god, yeah. Malpal. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Houston playing Temple at home this Saturday at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Pretty easy. Houston coming in as 20-point favorites. Temple sucks. Uh, Over-under <laughs> set at 57. <laughs> she really is turning into one of us. Uh, <laughs> you guys are just, yeah, wow. you got an effect on me. <laughs> uh, I will say, with this game, yes, Houston should be a clear favorite. This shouldn't be close. Just what does Houston look like after last week, man? I'm so over-talking about Houston. Oh, I am too, but They're I'm just so wondering, great. like, how do you – like, 
I don't know. How do you like if you're yeah. if you're Doug Belk's defense, you just be like, guys, how do you give up? I don't know. Points? <laughs> right, exactly. No, that's my thing. Is like, what's the team talk <laughs> after that? Is that just like I'm not talking to y'all? That never happened, <laughs> which is probably would be my team talk. Like, yeah, I mean, never I th- talk about this again. Yeah, I think you got to burn the tape and move on. Sure, sure. However, if I was a coach, I would have never moved on. Like, sure, I would have made That's them watch. I would have made them watch it every day, all week. Like, or okay, at least practice like, is done. Now yeah. we're going back and we're watching every snap from this game. Also, it's like, what in the world happened? Also, if I'm the freaking defense, or if I'm the freaking offense, yeah. I'm looking at my defense like, you're kidding me. We yeah. put up 60 plus Dude, points I was about and say, we this, lost. The offensive staff you're should leave the me. defensive meetings all week. Yes. like, look, and this is when we scored and y'all still couldn't yeah. stop them. <laughs> like, I'm pointing pissed. at the screen. Like, <laughs> Clayton Toon threw seven touchdowns. Yeah. And when you read the game <laughs> recaps, it says three interceptions thrown by Tanner Mordick or by Clayton Toon yeah. helps Houston or helps SMU <laughs> win seven. Like what? Through <laughs> <laughs> like, seven touchdowns. It's like the it it's like that fifty cent clip I can't say verbatim. It's like what are you saying me for? Yeah. Why am I here? Like what are you doing? Like oh. excuse me? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that I don't. It's just. If you're Houston, yeah, how do you how do you stay together for these last three games? Yeah, because you don't have a coach who does that, right? Right. Like I'm a Holgerson guy. This isn't me insulting Holgerson. No, but he's not a kumbaya bring everybody together. He's like, hey, remember when y'all gave up seventy seven? Yeah. Holgerson's yeah. going to be the one that's like me that's walking in the yep. room and just be like seventy seven. <laughs> you know, like what are you doing? Like, you know, no Red Bull for anybody on that side of the room. Like, I know. He's just not that guy. Right. So it's up, like, I want to be a fly on the wall. How does that. Houston? Yeah. How does Houston handle these last three games? I, yeah. I really have no idea. Yeah. Are they? How many wins do they have? They five. have five. They have five. So they, they need could, one more. They could win eight games, yep. and we're yep. still like, what's wrong with right. Houston? What is? What is <laughs> That's so, the thing. Yeah. Because like Rice has so much to play for. Sure. Yep. SMU has so much to play for. Mm-hmm. Houston doesn't care about a bowl. I was no. about to say. None of these kids on this roster care about a bowl because they entered. With much higher expectations. Than I'm right. going to look up right, right. now. That's a, good, that's a really good point. I'm going to look up yeah. right now. Like, who, I like hamburgers. Yeah. But if we were going to Bob's Steak and Chop House. Right. And I knew that's where we were going all month. Mm-hmm. And we got there and they were like, well, the only menu items we have available is hamburgers. I'm going to hate that hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Even though that's probably one of the greatest hamburgers I've that's ever a, had in my life. Right. That's a really good That's point. how Houston feels about getting the bowl eligible. You want, so you like, want to, they just don't, right. have, they they just just don't, don't have anything to play for. Yeah. So you want, you want to want to beat down this this. Uh, a drum even more. So remember, we were talking New Year's Six expectations, right? Being Jeez. that dark horse yep. college football. Brettman Murphy has them projected right now on November 9th to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's what you're playing, playing for right who? now. Louise, who cares, first of all? But <laughs> Louisiana. Also terrible, yeah. Yes, yeah. a team that lost to Rice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I so, like, it. yes, they could win eight games, and their reward is Shreveport. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just got hammered we in their We used the word. They get, like, they're just going to get smoked. Oh, Louisiana would smoke them. Yeah. Louisiana would smoke them, because Louisiana would show up wanting to play in a bowl game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Houston would show up with 22 players in Turkey Leg Hut. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Clayton like, Toon got lost on the bus and somehow. By the like, way, Ish, Ish, uses, Maddox cop would be in that game, Ish uses the word reward loosely. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, 100%. Yeah, that is your quote-unquote reward. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, yeah. 
Uh, I, you know, Dana would like absolutely use that. It's like, look, y'all didn't get it down. We're going to Shreveport. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's, just, it's, like it's like, it's the, it's his version of turning the car around. It's like, y'all wanted to go to the sugar bar. Now we're going to Shreveport. It makes him leave two days early. He's <laughs> like, coach, we don't have to be there till Wednesday. No, we're leaving Monday. Morning. We're spending a whole day in Monroe. Yeah, y'all are going to figure out how good y'all have it here in Houston. Uh, all right. Let's keep it rolling. Use TSA hosting law tech this Saturday at 2 30 PM. Uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus. UTSA coming in as 18-point favorites. The over/under set at 68 and a half. This one probably isn't going to be too exciting. Yeah, I mean, my only concern as a UTSA person here Healthy. is defense. Yep. Yeah, health. Yeah, health. Uh, you know, Rashad Wisdom not being back there at safety hurts them for multiple reasons. One, he's really good. He's mm-hmm. the preseason defensive player of the year, leading tackler, probably in program history. I think at this point, he's also the organizer. Yeah. He's also the guy on the back end that makes sure everybody's in the right spot and the coverages are, are communicated correctly and the checks are done and the audibles and this guy's motioning and that changes this. They didn't have that last week. And when UAB got into that hurry up offense, that's when UTSA played its worst defense mm-hmm. because they didn't have that guy back there to be, you know, the quarterback of the defense. And so, uh, you know, with Law Tech being an air raid team, that's the concern for me is that UTSA's defense doesn't do well on the back end communication-wise and gives up a lot of points here. Yep. And it, I feel like if you're UTSA, you're you're kind of looking ahead a little bit. You're looking to the conference championship. You're looking to get healthy for the postseason because, yeah. I mean, you're in already. Mm-hmm. You don't have much to play for in these next couple of games because you're already in. You're already secured. You need to get healthy before those couple of games. So I – and, and I was not. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. I, I think this is one of the first games in a while where also you're UTSA and you're like, because you've been so banged up, because you've been kind of having to move so many things around. This is the first game in a while where you. I don't want to say you can kind of relax, but like take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. Like because like North Texas, you mentioned like either in some ways potentially more talented or at least at the very least as talented, right, on the field. Obviously healthier too. Mm-hmm. UAB last week, right? Obviously, you control that game, but still, probably as talented as you, definitely healthier than you. La Tech, okay, you're more talented, right? You're probably not as healthy, but it's like, it's definitely not a game that you're... You're stressing gonna, about. You're not, yeah, you're not You're like, at home, you're too. Not, I was you're about to say, I know Jeff Trailer's a crazy person, how you mentioned he hates football. So like, <laughs> we're going to lose La Tech by He just stresses out about everything. But like, if you're Jeff Trailer, you probably get four hours of sleep uh-huh. instead of three this week, right? You're probably like, <laughs> hey, we're playing a team that we're probably more talented right. and deeper. I, yes. Honestly, I think just knowing Coach's psyche, yeah. I think he's getting two. Because he's worried about what you're talking about. Sure, sure, exactly. He's like, man, everybody in my locker <laughs> uh-huh. room is like, ah, we don't have to play as hard this week. We're going to be a lot better than them. We're yeah. at home. Like, he's going to be seeing that UNLV game in his head. Yeah. The Southern Miss game in his head. Right. Right. Like, he doesn't is- see us as like, oh, Jeff Trailers. They're such a good team that Jeff Trailers going to have them just mow this team down. Right. Right. He's been like, no, 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 right. man. This is right. they're going to be off their game. I don't know where to find motivation here. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. right. You know? yeah. And like, he needs to be like, ah, oh, this team's going to beat your ass. Right, exactly. You know? I'm like, such a good coach that they're going to play no matter what. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what he's worried about this week, and I think it's a legit yeah. worry because yeah. like UTSA is not far and away better than everybody. Just to like you know, they're not Alabama. Right. Or right. So uh, they need to go. They need to show up. They need to play. They need to play hard. Uh, and then hopefully you have a big enough lead in the second half to where then you can you start. can rest right. a little bit. Like yeah. you got as a coach, you go to your team and go, hey, you want a break? Go be up thirty to nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. Then I'll give you one. Yep. Yep. All right. Speaking of teams that are not going to be up thirty nothing, Mallory, what is the last game? Um. All right. Let's get on to it. Texas State playing at South Alabama this Saturday at four <clears throat> p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus uh, South. South Alabama is coming in as um, 
16 and a half point favorites. The over under set at 47 and a half. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Why 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 just scoot in closer to me? Cuz I want to hear what you have to say. Look. <laughs> you mean to turn you up a little bit? This is a <laughs> Let me turn you up a little bit. This is Ish's corner. <laughs> this is Ish's all corner. I have to say about this. We are big Jake Spavadol fans on this show. Huge. 100%. We need we need the one shot. I hope he stays in the state wherever his ne- what it's if his, if he's not at Texas State, which <clears throat> I hate to say it, writing's on the wall, probably not going to be. I hope he stays in the state, right? Honestly, he'd be a great somebody to have around professionally, personally, all that stuff. This feels like the end of the line. Um, we thought it would be – there was an inkling that maybe last week, right, at Monroe, bad program who you probably should never fall behind against in terms of the pecking order of the Sun Belt, fell behind. I think it was very telling that Kelly Danfus, the new university president, was at that game, somebody who we've praised for being consistently just a PR machine, Yes, did not tweet until Monday, <laughs> oh. right? He was at that game Saturday, and his tweet was very telling. It ended with the phrase soul-searching going on. Oh. So again, sleepless nights, Sleepless nights, soul-searching, which is not something you want your university president tweeting about, especially no. the guy who's seemingly never unhappy about anything, which is what his Twitter account's been uh, more or less since he's taken the job. Yikes. South Alabama is a massive favorite. They are a program in the mix of that Sun Belt that we want Texas State to eventually punch into, right, that competitive <laughs> top half. If Tech State loses this game, they officially are eliminated from bowl eligibility. I think that was the last thing they're holding on to in terms of making a decision. There's no recruiting momentum. There's no recruiting class to save. Craven brought up the one good point, which I think may be a reason why they might not do it, is because who the hell takes over his interim because the defensive coordinator's last name is the same as the head coach's first name, right. who was also the offensive coordinator. Right, right. So who is left on the staff if you make a move right. there? Right. Yeah, firing one guy is basically firing three. Yes. And that's – I don't know, man. I like Brian Gamble, but does Brian Gamble take over as interim head coach, you know? So, yeah, this feels like there may be some news on Sunday. Again, this isn't me reporting anything. I know people like to think any of my opinions are absolute. Like, <laughs> any journalist that has any opinion, all of a sudden they – construe that as fact or reporting that's that's me 100 speculating i'm just reading this is how these things go i was about to say this is how these things go you give them okay the bowl is the mission right yep so eventually you give them until the mission is impossible yep and then you may potentially make a move yeah that's what it is and in today's world you want to get ahead of it sure Mm -hmm. exactly you you can't wait until the very last second anymore because you want to salvage a little bit of a recruiting class or at least get a head start on the transfer portal and putting together a staff and seeing what you want to run and who you want to put together Um, and so it does feel like once they get to seven losses especially the way they've gotten to seven losses Mm -hmm. you know this isn't a five and seven type team where it's like man they were one or two plays away and next year they're going to figure this out they may win nine games next year right it was a continuation of the same problems despite a new quarterback on the same side of the ball that your head coach is the expert of yep and so it it just there's just not much to hold on to and hang on to and go like oh that's going to get changed with one more offseason yes mike craven you were looking before the show one last point on this how many commits does tech state have for the 2023 football class zero yeah oh so. Recruiting classes ranked above Texas State in the state. Sam Houston, Tarleton, oh. UTEP. 
So there you go. And that will do it for us. No, we got one more game. Uh, we got one more game. Rutgers taking on <laughs> Michigan State this Saturday at 11 a.m., baby. Michigan State coming out as 10-point favorites. The over-under set at 40-and-a-half. If Michigan State doesn't go out there and dominate on in all three phases of this game, I will be turning into a Rutgers fan. Mallory, Go green. Mallory, I've never been prouder of you. You know Go where green. we stand on this Go show. White. No offense, Mallory. You know where we stand on do this show. Do not say Go Rutgers at the end of this show or I will <laughs> cut your mic off. Do not do it. This is the only week you cannot do that. Oh, Thank you for listening or watching if you are watching the live stream. Remember, please subscribe. Pay attention to like us that. every time you see that notification come up on Wednesdays <laughs> on any of your social media feeds at 2 p.m. to watch us live. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Be sure to watch or watch along for the Sunday recap edition, which Mallory will be giving you a very in-depth breakdown of Michigan State at Rutgers. Yes, sir. With that being said, we have interviewed 12 of the eventual 13 FBS head coaches. Shout out Sam Houston State, who is recruiting better than Texas State currently. Jimbo Fisher, please give us a call. Go Rutgers. Jesus! <laughs>